Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, I'm Jenny Gwen, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. So on this week's show, I have Judy Zeldin with me. Welcome, Judy. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I invited Judy on to talk about this beautiful new ministry that started in Nashville called Magnificat. And some of you all may be familiar with that. You may have attended our first meal back in August where Father Calloway was our speaker. We had a huge turnout and it was just a morning morning full of worship and praise and and growing in faith. And so our next meal in Nashville, Magnificat Meal, is coming up on February 3rd, and Judy is going to be our speaker. So I wanted to invite Judy on. She has a long history with the Magnificat ministry to tell us a little bit more about the history of the ministry, um, some of the fruits that she has experienced and seen in others as she's been involved. So Judy, Tell us about the history of Magnificat. Well, as I, I began in 1981, we had our first meal October 7th, 1981. So that's over 40 years. And we were a group of women who were involved in the charismatic movement. And we began to share and find one another out of that group, which began at Marilyn Quirk's house, our foundress. Magnificat was formed. We were experiencing uh, uh, the Women's Aglow movement. You may have heard of it. It's a non-denominational prayer breakfast group. And women were going there and experiencing this powerful movement. And um, a group of us who were Catholic decided that we would it would be a good thing if we would have a Catholic uh, equivalent to Women's Aglow. And so our first breakfast was 1981, October the 7th. Uh, and the tickets sold out immediately. It was a, not, not that large uh, a building, but they sold out immediately. And immediately everybody there wanted it to continue. Why do you think they were so drawn to this breakfast? We were experiencing duty of women coming together, praying, supporting one another, sharing their difficulties, sharing their their triumphs, sharing the things that that the Holy Spirit was teaching them. And that's what Magnificat is. A woman would give her testimony 
And as Catholics, we wanted to do something else. We wanted to show that Our Lady is such an important and valuable part of what the Holy Spirit is doing today. Our Lady is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And right. you can't divide a spouse from to, they they have to be together, and and so that was what prompted us. We always start the the breakfast with a decade of the rosary, and to and to show forth that honor, you know, of of Our Lady, because Our Lady's whole job, if you will, a whole thrust, is to bring us to her Son, right. And so we very much wanted to bring that element into the charismatic worship and the teaching on baptism in the Holy Spirit or the release of the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts. And so that was our goal. Right. And I think something that we tend to overlook is the importance of sharing our testimony, not yeah. just standing in front with a microphone and sharing it for a crowd of people, but the testimonies that we have, the way that we can witness God working in our lives, even in our daily lives, as moms, as women, we all have struggles and trials and sharing that with other women gives witness to God's you, the way he's working in our lives, but it also builds up the kingdom. It also equips other women to face the same trials. It encourages them like, you know, if Jenny got through this, then with mm -hmm. God's help, then I can get through this. So I love the aspect of this ministry and how God has worked in and through your life. That is very powerful. You've been involved with Magnificat from the beginning. How has it impacted your life, your faith life? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, it, it, it's, it's in a sense my ministry. And so it has allowed me to, uh, to grow in the gifts that God wanted to give me, in the use of the gifts. But it has also helped me to grow spiritually. Mm -hmm. All of us have gifts, but gifts don't necessarily make us holy or make us grow in virtue. But when we share with, with one another and we, we join together, it gives us the courage to grow, to grow in holiness, to grow in virtue and, and to bear fruit. And that's what we are really called to do. As I said, God gives everybody gifts. And those gifts are given to us, not for us, not for ourselves, but for the benefit of others. And um, so that's the beauty of it to me, is, is that I grow much more with others than I do alone. We all need that alone. You've right. seen the... The, the analogy of a cross, you know, we all need the, the, where it's us and God, but then we need the cross beam. We need us and others. Community. Yes. Yes. Community. The big thing is that it, it gives them the faith to, to believe that the painful situations in their lives can be 
helped. We all have crosses to bear. And uh, the way we carry that cross is very important. We can, we can carry it like with resignation and, <laughs> and bitterness, or we can carry it with love and joy. And that's very, very important. But it also gives us hope that these things can be changed. And, and that's very, very important. For women, I think we have this desire for community. We have a desire to share and to be with other women in similar situations. And I know in my ministry, Catholic Moms in the Middle, working with midlife women, if there's just something powerful about coming together in a group, knowing that there are similarities and that you're facing some of the same trials and difficulties, it gives you a um, a strength. It gives you courage to keep moving forward, even when things are difficult. That it, it gives you support emotionally yeah. and, and even physically. I can remember... Uh, and part of my testimony, of course, is that, you know, my husband was not a believer. And I remember one time I, I, I had young children. I was young. And after I had my third child, I was very, very sick. And the prayer group just sort of rallied behind me. They brought me meals and they prayed for me and, and, they, and they let me know that they cared about me. And that was an enormous witness to my husband. An enormous witness. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that was one of the first little things that he saw that Judy has something I don't. Right. That's one of the reasons why we chose the Magnificat, that the, you know, that Mary in haste went to help Elizabeth when she found out that she was in her sixth month. And, and Mary and Elizabeth coming together and look at what happened when they came together. The Holy Spirit came down. Jesus manifested himself to John the Baptist in the womb. Uh, I'm sure that Mary and Elizabeth shared all sorts of things for those three months that they spent together. Absolutely. Hot. Um, was born out of the charismatic movement in the Catholic church. And for some people, the charismatic movement, they could be leery about it. So let's talk about that for a minute. What, what would you say to people who are leery of the charismatic movement? I would tell them that I understand because nobody was more leery than I was. <laughs> um, the, now, this was in, you know, this was years ago. It was in 1970, as a matter of fact. And I began hearing about this charismatic, and it was, it was called the Pentecost, the Catholic Pentecostal movement then. Mm-hmm. And um, I began to hear about it, and I had just had my first baby. And... Um, my parents were, were kind of getting involved in it. And like I said, I was very leery. I was very concerned. And I was over at my mother's house, and a, a childhood friend of mine came over. We just happened to come at the same time and visit. And she had just started 
attending the prayer meetings. And she was speaking in tongues now. And um, so I was listening to her. And I remember right before that encounter, the difficulty of having a, a husband who was not even a believer. It was impacting my faith. And I remember, I guess it was saying a prayer to God, saying, if you're real, please show me, because it would just be so much easier for me to walk away. Mm -hmm. We pray honestly, and he's going to be there. Mm -hmm. And so as I was listening to her, I remember telling her, my faith has fallen flat, and I I need something more. And so as kind of afraid as I was, I said, I want to attend with you. So we went to the, to, I went to my first prayer meeting with her. And um, I was, I mean, that the day that I was going to go, because it was in the evening, the day that I was going to go, I was, will they be rolling on the floor? Will they be shouting? Will they be <laughs> running around? You know, I just didn't know what to expect. And, and it was so, I mean, I almost canceled. I was, I was so frightened. But something just drew me to go. And that first prayer meeting was so beautiful. It was such a revelation. It was just beautiful. I would be thinking, well, I know there's a God, but does he know me? And there would be a prophetic word saying, I I have called you by name. The hairs of your head are counted. And it was like, how did that person know I was thinking this? Right. But that was the way it was. It was this beautiful encounter with the God of the universe who was telling me he knew my name. Mm-hmm. He gave you what you needed when you needed it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And how do you think being part of that charismatic movement increased your faith? Oh, <laughs> like I said, you, I was at a low point. <laughs> I was, at, I mean, I was about to walk away. And it not only did it increase my faith for myself, but it gave me the faith to believe that my husband could receive this gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I began to pray in faith that Mike would receive this gift. And like I said, that was in, in 1970, early 1970. And in 1977, Mike was received into the church. Now, there's a long story there, which mm-hmm. we won't go into, but it was the faith of my sister's the prayers of my sisters, the support of my sisters, the insights of my sisters who made me the kind of wife that would be a good witness to my husband. How is praying in faith different than just praying? Well, before this, before being involved in the charismatic renewal, I just kind of threw out my prayers and thought, well, maybe they'll do something. Mm -hmm. 
But through the, I had witnessed definite, specific answers to prayers. I had heard of my sisters receiving definite, specific answers to prayers. And so somewhere in scripture that Jesus says, when you pray, believe that what you're praying for, you have received. That's praying in faith. Mm-hmm. knowing that I am praying God is hearing and God is in his time and in his way answering that prayer. Mm-hmm. One of my call. favorite scripture passages is, I believe it's 2 Kings 20. I have heard your prayers. I've mm-hmm. seen your tears and I am healing you. And I just love like God, he hears us. He sees us and then he's going to take action. He's not just yeah. like, okay, I, I I see it, but he's like, and now I'm healing you. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk about the Magnificat ministry. And I was blessed to go to the international conference um, a month or so ago. I want to talk about um, baptism in the spirit. Yeah. That is language that we have, uh, borrowed from our Protestant brothers and sisters, perhaps a a, a better def, uh, a better wording would be the release of the Spirit, the release mm. of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm. And the way it was described to me, which I think is brilliant, um, we, we we certainly receive the Holy Spirit in baptism. We'll receive a deeper outpouring of the Holy Spirit in confirmation. But it's just lying there dormant. Mm. And and like like it's like having a steak in the freezer, and you take the steak out of the freezer and it's still frozen. And it's not until you put it on the grill <laughs> that the the wonderful uh, aroma and the and the and the delicious taste and the uh, of the steak is released. Mm. And it was uh, explained to me is we all have a steak, but some of our steaks are are cooked or on fire or be grilled, and some of us have that in the freezer still or maybe on the counter but still frozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this special Holy Spirit that we receive in confirmation, it's there, but it has to be released. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when people gather around us and lay hands on us and pray for us, which in a sense is really a release of the Holy Spirit. And I think one of the things that I've noticed is that we tend to put the gifts of the Holy Spirit in a box and limit them. And what I have began to understand and discover is that there are layers of gifts. So it's almost like once yeah. you once you become aware of a gift, that it's not the end all be all. Once you start right. walking with that gift, and then it's like the Holy Spirit, oh, here's another one ready for you to mm-hmm. open. And so it's just this constant journey of mm-hmm. moving and and using and exploring the gifts. God wants us to reach the full potential of our gifts. And like you said, those gifts have many layers. And 
when we exercise the gift, then we kind of get a little deeper into it, a little more, a little strengthening of it. And then we go from there and from there and from there. And and all of us have been given gifts by our Lord. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can unwrap those gifts and start to use them. They're not just still you know, all boxed up with a pretty ribbon under the tree. (laughs) Right. They're opened and they're used and they're developed. Right. So Judy, as we wrap up, what would be one piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to begin exploring the gifts, but it's new territory and they're not really sure how to get started? It all starts with asking our Lord Jesus to come into your life. Mm-hmm. I knew about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I knew about church teaching. But I had never invited him into my heart. I had never committed my life to him. And that's a process. I mean, that, that took some time. That took some time for me to do, to invite our Lord into my heart, into my mind, into my soul, and to tell him, I choose you as my Lord and my Savior, Mm -hmm. and I wish to follow you for the rest of my life. I wish to lay down my life for you to pick up and use of it what you want. And when we do that and we develop that personal relationship with Jesus, then we move forward to him with him. Every day is an adventure. We're 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 meeting the day, not just us, we're meeting the day with him. Hmm. And and we go through peaks and valleys. You know, we go through high points and we go through low low points, but he's always with us. And sometimes we learn more in the valleys than we learn in the peaks. Absolutely. And he uh, forms us and he shapes us. As St. Paul says in one of his epistles, all discipline is painful when we're going through it. Mm -hmm. But. After a time, we realize its value. Mm-hmm. We realize the fruit that it bears. And, and so I would just recommend to everyone to say that in prayer. And even if you're not ready to say that, say, Lord, I want to say it. I mm-hmm. want to be able to say it. I want to be able to say, I choose you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to lay my life down for you. I want you to pick it up and use it and make of it what you have created me for from all eternity. Mm. And if you do that, as I said, every day is an adventure. And every day is it, we learn something new and we learn to do something new. Yes. Yeah. Judy, thank you so much. I can tell as you're talking, you have this deep love of the faith and of God and of the Holy Spirit. It's it's almost like you're glowing. You can just tell it's 
something that is truly part of who you are. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for all of your years in this ministry. I know it hasn't always been easy, um, you know, trying to, to share it and make sure it's done with integrity and done right. So I thank you as a, a new member of Magnificat. I thank you for that. Would you close us in prayer? Surely, I would love to. Okay. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, how we love you. How we thank you for everything that you have given to us. We thank you for the joys. We thank you for the sorrows. And we we pray, Lord, that we would be able to follow you all the days of our lives, that we would bear fruit, that many would come to know you through us, through the gifts that you have given to us, the graces you have so liberally imparted to us. And we ask this all of you, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, and the intercession of his precious mother, Mary. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful. Friends, if you are listening in or around the Nashville area, our next Magnificat meal will be on February 3rd. It's a Saturday morning. Judy is going to be here in Nashville as our speaker sharing her testimony. It's a beautiful morning to come together with other women across the diocese. If you want more information, um, you can go to Magnificat Nashville to find out about um, reserving your seat. Um, You'll find all of the information about the Nashville chapter there. Um, Again, Judy, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. I I can't can't wait to see you. You are very much, you love the Lord and you, and I thank him for you. Amen. Thank you. All right, friends, until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to CatholicMomsInTheMiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyseanwilliams.com. That is musicbyseanwilliams.com.